0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a chapter by chapter analysis of the Twilight Saga. I'm your host Nathan, today we'll be looking at chapter 5 of Twilight, titled Blood Type. Okay, so where we left off, Bella and Edward had a little chat, and Edward's like, how about I take you to Seattle so you can avoid the school dance and because your truck's not great. And she's like, oh, okay. And he's like, well, you know what? You really shouldn't be my friend, but I've decided that I can't stay away from you. And she's like, okay, thanks for the mixed messages, but all right, see you in class. And so we pick up straight away and she's making her way to English in a daze. I guess that's just because she's so transfixed with that little Edward interaction. And she says she didn't even realize when she first walked in that class had already started. And Mr. Mason's like, thanks for joining us, Miss Swan. And she flushes and hurries to her seat. So she meets up with Mike and chess club Eric, and they're talking about how the rain's meant to be letting up over the weekend, so they're gonna have that beach trip. Bella, ever the pessimist, is like, oh, rain or no rain, it's still gonna only be in the high 40s if we're lucky. I don't understand what the Celsius difference is, but I assume high 40s is still cold. And she says the rest of the morning passes in a blur because it's still so difficult to her to process that she'd had a whole conversation with Edward. And she thinks, oh God, maybe I was dreaming. Maybe it was a really convincing dream that I've now confused with reality. That seemed more probable than that I really appealed to him on any level. Oh, like she needs to get some confidence. Like, why is she so obsessed with Edward, all she's really said that's great about him is his face and his eyes. Like, does she, she hasn't said anything about his personality. Has she? Like, why is she so obsessed with him? He's just a pretty boy at this stage. I mean, yeah, he chuckles a lot. That's endearing. But no, she just, she just felt way too hard way too soon. So she gets to the cafeteria and she's really anxious because she's worried that when she looks over at him, he's going to be back to that cold, indifferent person that he'd been for months. And she looks over at the, his table in the cafeteria and disappointment floods through her um, because the other four Cullens are there, but he's not. And because he's not there, that's crushed her so much that she loses her appetite. And so she just gets a bottle of lemonade for lunch. <laughs> like he's already negatively affecting her Health and well being. But then Jessica's like, Edward Cullen is staring at you again. And she's like, What? She looks over and Edward's smiling at her from across an empty table at the cafeteria, not where he usually sat. And then once he catches her eye, he raises a hand and he's like, Hey, come over here. And she's like, What? And then he winks. That's pretty hot. That's he's putting on the good moves. I'll give that for Edward. And Jessica's like, Does he mean you? she asks with insulting astonishment in her voice, even though she's the one that just pointed out that Edward was staring at her. Like, oh, hey, Bella, um, Edward's staring at you from across there. And then she's like, oh, what? He surely can't be staring at you. So now Jessica's gaslighting her as well. And she's like, oh, maybe he needs help with his biology homework. So she saunters off to him. So then he says, why don't you sit down? And he's still smiling. And for her, it was hard to believe that someone so beautiful could be real. I was afraid that he might disappear in a sudden puff of smoke and I would wake up. (sighs) He's just a pretty boy. So then she sits down and she's like, this is different. And he's like, well, I decided as long as I was going to hell, I might as well do it thoroughly. Which is again, a bit offensive for poor Bella. He's negging her. He's doing that thing that... That wanker guys do where they they put girls down in order to make them want them. Like isn't that a isn't that a dating tactic that some wankers on Tinder do where they they like make fun of the girl so she wants him even more? Like that's what he's doing. He's saying, Oh, you know, I invited you over to my table because like I'm gonna go to hell for this. Like what? And like he's got the context that he's a vampire. She doesn't have that context. So, like, if you're not gonna fill her in on the fact that you're a vampire, maybe cut it with the whole eternal damnation, going to hell stuff. So then Enwood says, uh, I think your friends are angry with me for stealing you. And she's like, they'll survive. And he says, but I might not give you back though, he says with a wicked glint in his eyes. And then she's such a cartoon character, she gulps. (laughs) (laughs) Like she does an actual gulp. (laughs) Is she an SNL skit? (laughs) Like no one actually gulps. (laughs) Unless she did it to be funny, but I don't think she's a funny person. And then he says, you look worried. And she says, no. And then ridiculously her voice breaks. Surprised, actually. What brought all this on? So now she's gulping, her voice is breaking. She's a Kristen Wiig character. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I told you, I got tired of staying away from you, so I'm giving up. And he's smiling, but his ochre eyes were very serious. So his eyes aren't black, which means he's probably had some food. And he says, yeah, I'm giving up trying to be good. I'm just going to do what I want now and let the chips fall where they may. And if I was Bella, I'd be like, mate, I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not out here committing voter fraud. Like, I'm just a high school girl. What do you mean that you're trying to be good by avoiding me? Like, I'm not breaking bad here, you know? And then she's like, you lost me. And then his breathtaking crooked smile reappears. And he says I always say too much when I'm talking to you that's one of the problems. And she's like don't worry I don't understand any of it and she's and he says I'm counting on that. And I'm just like can we stop with the whole I'm not meant to be your friend bullshit. And then she's like so we're friends and he's like friends and she's like oh not and he's like well we can try I suppose but I'm warning you now that I'm not a good friend for you. And beneath his smile the warning was real. We get it cut it out with the whole, I shouldn't be your friend crap. It's repetitive. And Bella agrees because she's like, you say that a lot. And he's like, yeah, because you're not listening to me. I'm waiting for you to believe it. If you're smart, you'll avoid me. Then stop inviting her to the cafeteria. Stop inviting her to Seattle. Stop talking to her then if you really mean it. And so then he's like, what are you thinking? And she looks into his deep gold eyes and becomes befuddled. and bloats out the truth. And she's like, I'm trying to figure out what you are. And his jaw tightens, but he keeps his smile in place with some effort. Like, Bella is just a smile detective. She, she doesn't miss a trick when it comes to his smile. He's like, well, are you having any luck? And she's like, not too much. And he chuckles again. Again, Edward the Chucklehead, always chuckling. And he says, what are your theories? And this and I'm glad she, she says she has theories because remember last week I was like, why is she not thinking about this more? Well, it turns out she is. And she actually was thinking something along the lines of Bruce Wayne and Peter Parker, which is what I said last week. So good for Bella for being proactive and getting some theories. And But he's like, why won't you tell me? And she's like, I'm not gonna do that. That's too embarrassing. And he's like, well, that's really frustrating. And she stands up for herself and she's like, mate, I can't imagine how that's frustrating. How about, you know what's frustrating? You making all these little cryptic remarks, gaslighting me, giving me mixed messages, and then I'm up all night wondering what the hell it means, and you're tossing and turning between nice, saving my life, and being a cold-hearted bitch. How's that for frustrating? All very valid points, and then Edward just says, you've got a bit of a temper, don't you? (laughs) And she's like, I don't like double standards. And then they stare at each other, unsmiling, just so we're all clear on where the smiles are at. And then he glances over Bella's shoulder and snickers. (laughs) He's always chuckling or snickering. And she's like, what? And he's like, your boyfriend seems to think I'm being unpleasant to you. He's debating whether or not to come break up our fight. And he snickers again. (laughs) So he's obviously talking about Mike watching on. Oh, and then another eye update. His mood shifted suddenly. His eyes turned brooding. (laughs) Because you've got to have a brooding vampire in a YA romance. Like, that's just a must of the genre. So she takes a swig of a lemonade because she's awkward. And he says, aren't you hungry? And she says the worst thing. She says, no. And then she narrates, I didn't feel like mentioning that my stomach was already full of butterflies. (laughs) Fuck me dead. Like if someone wrote a parody of Twilight and that was the line, I'd be like, that's hilarious. That's a spot on parody. And then I'm like, no, that's actually what was written in the book. I didn't feel like mentioning that my stomach was already full of butterflies. Oh my goodness. It's just the corniest corn. Corny, corny, corny. Corn. I don't remember eating corn. And then, and she's like, well, you're not eating. And he's like, nah, I'm not hungry. And then it looked like he was enjoying some private joke. I mean, He's basically just admitting he's a vampire at this stage, right? Like just come out and say it then. And then eventually Bella's like, I'm just wondering, could you warn me next time you decide to ignore me just so I'm prepared? And he's like, oh, that's fair. Like, I guess he's feeling a bit guilty. Oh wait, no, he's not guilty. He's pressing his lips together to keep from laughing. (laughs) He's always laughing. But he's like, yeah, as long as you tell me one theory. And she's like, oh no, I don't wanna tell you a theory. He's like, I promise I won't laugh. And she's like, yes, you will. Because, you know, he's a laugher. He loves to laugh. And he looks down and he does Bella's trick where he looks down and then glances up at her through his long black lashes, his ochre eyes scorching. (laughs) Everyone's always looking through their lashes. And he's like, please. And then she blinks, her mind going blank. Holy crow, how did he do that? (laughs) Holy crow, how did he do that? (laughs) She says, holy crow. (laughs) She's such a bloody dog. And so his eyes smolder at her and he's like, please just tell me one little theory. And she's like, "Um, well, bitten by a radioactive spider. And he says, that's not very creative. He scoffed. And like, I'm a little offended because I mentioned that last week, but okay. And she's like, I'm sorry, that's all I've got. She said, miffed. And he's like, you're not even close. Which I don't know. It's a little bit close. Like when you think of vampires, you think of bats, spiders, not that far off, but she's like, no radioactivity. And he's like, nope. And she says, dang, (laughs) she's the biggest dog. And then he says, kryptonite doesn't bother me either. He chuckled. Always chuckling. At home, fun little game. Take a drink every time he chuckles. You'll be plastered. By page 35, you'll be passed out. And she's like, well, I'll figure it out eventually. And he's like, I wish you wouldn't try this again and he says because what if i'm not a superhero what if i'm the bad guy he smiled playfully but his eyes were impenetrable she says ah oh, i see as several things he'd hinted at falls suddenly into place for her now she's figuring it out she's thinking ah maybe he's the vampire like hello and then she's like oh you're dangerous She guesses with her pulse quickening as she intuitively realised the truth of her own words. He was dangerous. He'd been trying to tell me that all along. And I'm like, yeah, he he pretty much literally said the words, I'm dangerous. He's been saying that. Like, yes, he's been giving him mixed messages, but one of those messages was pretty clearly like, hey, Bella, like, I'm kind of a a freak of nature over here and I might be dangerous to you. But she's like, la la la, he asked me to Seattle. And she's like, no, I don't believe you are that bad. And he says, you're wrong. And then she starts wondering why she didn't feel afraid. She's like, oh, he meant what he was saying. That's obvious. But I just felt anxious on edge and more than anything else, fascinated. Like Freddy Krueger could come up to Bella and she'd be like, oh, hi, um, nice hands. What what do you got there? Is that a glove? Is that a glove of knives? And he'd be like, I'm going to kill you when you sleep. And she's like, I know I should be scared, but your eyes are so charming. So they flirt, flirt, flirt. And then she notices that the cafeteria is almost empty. And she's like, ah, we're going to be late. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to class. And she's like, why not? And he's like, it's healthy to ditch class now and then. And he smiles, but his eyes are still troubling. Again, take a drink every time he smiles, but his eyes say something else. You'll be hungover for days. So then she runs to class and Mike and Angela, they're staring at her and Mike looks resentful and Angela looks surprised and slightly awed. So Mr. Banner comes in and he starts handing out little kits for everyone to test their blood type. And he's like, I'll be coming around with a dropper of water to prepare your card. So don't start until I get to you. And then I want you to prick your finger with the lancet. And what he does is he grabs Mike's hand and jabs <laughs> and jabs Mike's middle finger with it. <laughs> so like he's just like, yeah, we're going to do blood tests, guys. <laughs> just like really just doesn't ask for Mike's consent there. And she's like, oh no. And clammy moisture breaks out across her forehead. And he says, put a small drop of blood on each of the prongs. And then he squeezes Mike's finger till the blood flows and she swallows and her stomach heaves. And he says, the Red Cross is having a blood drive in Port Angeles next weekend. So I thought you should all know your blood type. And he sounds proud of himself. And he says, those of you who aren't 18 yet will need a parent's permission. I have slips at my desk. And I was like, okay, well, you didn't ask Mike for permission. And so she puts her cheek against the cool tabletop and tries to hold on to her consciousness. <laughs> and then Mr. Benners like, oh, Bella, are you all right? She's like, I already know my blood type. And he's like, are you feeling faint? And I'm like, her head's on the table. Yes, she's feeling faint. And he says, oh, could someone take Bella to the nurse? And Mike's like, me, 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 me. Mike puts his arm around her she leans on him and they make their way out of the classroom and mike tows her across campus and then eventually she's like oh god let me sit down for a minute and so they sit down and she says to mike whatever you do keep your hand in your pocket because that's where the his bloody finger is so she slumps over and she puts her cheek up against the freezing damp cement of the sidewalk so now she's lying down on the ground and mike's like oh bella you're looking pretty green and then and then edward runs over and he's like bella And she's like, oh no, please let me be imagining that horribly familiar voice. And he's like, what's wrong? Is she hurt? Edward's like, Bella, can you hear me? And she's like, no, go away. And then he chuckles. Take a drink. And Mike's like, look, mate, I got this. I was just taking it to the nurse. And Edward's like, I got her. And And she can hear the smile still in his voice. And he's like, you go back to class, Mike. And Mike's like, no, I'll do it. But Edward just scoops her up. And she says... Edward scooped me in his arms as easily if I weighed ten pounds instead of a hundred and ten. And I'm thinking, what are you bragging about your your weight? Like, I I looked it up and a hundred and ten pounds isn't much. It's like forty nine kilos. And I'm thinking, you're know, like a seventeen year old girl, is forty nine kilos healthy? Like she must be very petite, even though she's already sort of described herself as being a bit more soft bodied. So she must be short? I don't know, it just seems it seems unrealistic to to be writing a book with the main characters 110 pounds like make her a hefty gal wouldn't we have all loved one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If hot ass Edward, traditionally handsome Edward, fell in love with like a chubby chick, like wouldn't that have been progressive? I would have enjoyed that. I just think we should have had more body positivity and I don't know why she had to say, I'm 110 pounds. Like, what are you bragging for? And she's like, put me down, put me down. Um, because she's worried that she's going to vomit on him. And Mike's running after him 10 paces behind and Edward's just ignoring him. And he's like, you look awful. And he says, grinning. And she's like, put me back on the sidewalk. And he's like, so you faint at the sight of blood. And she doesn't answer. She just closes her eyes and fights the nausea with all her strength, clamping her lips together. And he's like, not even your own blood. He says, enjoying himself. And I'm like, hey, remember two chapters ago after the little car crash and she's in the hospital and old mate Tyler gets wheeled in and he has the myriad of cuts on his face. Like he's got blood everywhere. She didn't give a shit. She did not give a shit. She was more worried about getting that neck brace off and getting out of there. But she was like, Oh yeah, he's got a lot of cuts on his face next. Like she was not bothered at all, but now Mike's got a little, a little prick on his finger which would, come on, be like like a little tiny drop of blood. Surely that's manageable. Especially when compared to Tyler with a whole face full of cuts. A myriad full of cuts. If he had one or two cuts, maybe. But a myriad? Like, why did that not make her queasy? Why did that not make her queasy? So they get to the nurse's office and the nurse is like, oh my. And Edward's like, yeah, their blood typing and biology, she fainted a little bit and the nurse is like, yep, there's always one, then why are you still doing this blood type test at school? Like, at what point do you take an OH&S perspective and you just say, you know what? They don't need to know their blood type. Let's, let's dissect a frog or something. And after the nurse says there's always one, he muffles a snicker, take a drink. So drink every time there's a snicker or a chuckle. There's never a giggle, it's always a snicker or a chuckle. And the nurse says, just lie down for a minute, honey. It'll pass. And she's like, I know. (laughs) The nurse says, does this happen a lot? And she says, sometimes. And Edward coughs to hide another laugh. Edward just thinks she's the funniest person. And the nurse says, you can go back to class now, Edward. And he's like, oh, no, I'm meant to stay with her. And she's like, oh, okay. You proved me wrong. And then she's like, oh, you were right. And he's like, yeah, about what? And she's like, ditching is healthy. Which I guess was her attempt at a joke, but... Edward didn't laugh at that, even though he laughs at everything else. And he's like, you scared me for a minute there. I thought Newton was dragging your dead body off to bury it in the woods. And she says, ha ha. And then Bella, ever the 20 questions is just like, how'd you see me? I thought you were ditching. And Edward's like, yeah, I was in my car listening to a CD. (laughs) Remember CDs? And so the nurse is like, oh, you're looking a bit better. And then another student comes in And she's like, we've got another one. (laughs) Because again, this biology class, they're just all dropping like flies. Then Mike walks in with Lee Stevens, who's also looking pretty nauseous. And Edward says like, get out of the office, Bella. We've got to go. Trust me, go. And so she spins around and, and darts off. And he's like, oh wow, you actually listened to me. And she's like, yeah, I smelled the blood. And Edward's like, no, people can't smell blood. And she's like, well, I can. That's what makes me sick. It smells like rust and salt. She didn't pick up on the fact that Edward said people can't smell blood as if he's not a person. (laughs) And also, people can't smell blood. I'm sure that's not a thing. Let's do a fact check. Okay, guys, I'm just on the Google and there are some scientific articles out there saying that humans can recognize the smell of blood. And like, if you smell a metallic smell, like in your mouth, that might indicate you've got like gum disease, like gingivitis, like there's little hints that that metallic, iron, rusty smell is blood. Hmm. Okay, so maybe some humans can smell blood and some humans can't, because I don't know if I can really smell blood. Um, maybe it's like a chemical reaction thing, like you know how some people are really averse to coriander, like it just tastes horrible in their mouth and other people love it? I think like that's what smelling blood is. That's my hot take. But like, it was also just a really tiny little bin brick of blood like a few tables over. And like, and the smell of blood's just being disguised by Mike putting his finger in his pocket. Like if, if his hand was out of his pocket, oh God, no, I'm gonna die. But as soon as his hand goes in his pocket, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, and then Mike even comes back and he says, oh, you look better to Bella. And she says, just keep your hand in your pocket. <laughs> that magic pocket. And he's like, it's not even bleeding anymore. It's just a little prick. And it's like, speaking of little prick, and he's like, are you going back to class? And she's like, as if. And he's like, yeah, okay. Um, but what about this weekend? You going to the beach? <laughs> Mike's just like, wants to wants to line up that date. And, he, and she's like, I'll be there. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll see you at gym. And then Bella's like, oh, gym. And Edward's like, I can take care of that. And so he says, go sit down and look pale. And she says, that wasn't a challenge. I was always pale. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're always blushing. Your, your face is always going red from being embarrassed. You rarely ever pale because you're always bloody red for hours on end. But she sits down and she rests her eyes with her head leaning against the wall. She says, fainting spells always exhausted me. Like, you little diva. Of course they exhaust you. It's fainting. So Edward asks the nurse if she can skip gym and she's like, yep, cool. Don't give a shit. He's like, cool. I'll drop Bella home. So they walk outside into the cold, fine mist that had just begun to fall. She says it felt nice. The first time I'd enjoyed the constant moisture falling out of the sky as it washed my face clean of the sticky perspiration. I feel like I'm there. I love how rain's described as constant moisture. (laughs) Constant moisture falling out of the sky. Beautifully put. Why say rain when you can say six more words? Gotta get that word count up. And she's like, oh, God, it's almost worth getting sick to miss Jim. She hates Jim. And so then she's like, hey, are you going this Saturday to the beach? And he's like, nah, I don't think I was invited. And she's like, I'm inviting you. And he's like, nah, we don't want Mike to snap. And then Bella says, Mike Schmike, Poor Mike. Poor Mike. He walks into the nurse's office. He invites her to the beach. He's being nice to the new kid at school. And she's just not reciprocating. So she goes to walk off to her truck and then she feels something caught on her jacket yanking her back. And it's and it's Edward saying, where do you think you're going? Asking outraged as he grips a fistful of her jacket in one hand. And she's like, I'm going home. And he's like, didn't you hear me promise to take you safely home? Do you think I'm going to let you drive in your condition? And I'm like, whoa, can you slow down, abusey abuser? Get your hands off her for one don't talk to her like she's a child, even though she is a child, but don't talk to her like she's your property. Like that's a bloody red flag. And like, you can tell it's written like, oh, he cares for her. And I'm like, he's controlling her. Red flag. And she's like, what condition? And what about my truck? And he's like, I'll have Alice drop it off after school. And I'm like, first of all, you're going to have Alice drop it off. How about you'll ask Alice to drop it off? You don't own Alice either. Also, can't wait to meet Alice. All, All the other Cullens, they've just been sitting at that cafeteria table and hopping into Edward's Volvo. We haven't seen much of them at all, but I do remember Alice as being quite interesting. So, can't wait for Alice to pop up. And then he's pulling her towards his car and she's struggling to not fall over. And, and so I don't know how that helps someone who's just been fainted to be pulling them around a car park, but that's what he's doing all in the name of her protection. And she's even saying, let go. And he's ignoring her. And she's like, you're so pushy. And I'm like, this is her not consenting to you. This is what's happening here. And he's just ignoring her. And then he's like, get in, Bella. And she doesn't answer because she's mentally calculating her chances of reaching the truck before he could catch her. Even though she has experience of him moving really fast. And he says, I'll just drag you back, guessing her plan. And I'm like, that's psycho. You can't just be dragging her back and forth. But she's like, okay, you got me there. So she hops in the car and she's like, this is completely unnecessary. And he just ignores her again and turns the heater up and the music down. We love getting told that people are turning up heaters. Take a drink every time someone turns up a heater. And she's all preparing to give him the silent treatment, her face in full pout mode. But then she recognizes the music playing and she's like, oh my God, is that Claire de Lune? And he's like, you know Debussy? And so now all is well because they're bonding over classical music. And she's like, yeah, my mum plays it all the time. And he's like, what is your mother like? And she says, she looks a lot like me, but she's prettier. Mm, that's sad. And she says, I have too much Charlie in me. She's more outgoing than I am and braver. She's irresponsible and slightly eccentric. And she's a very unpredictable cook. She's my best friend. And she stops because talking about her was making her depressed. Speaking of best friends, Bella has never mentioned having friends back in Phoenix, has she? Like she's she's not emailing any old friends. She's not getting calls from old friends. And that's a bit sad. And he's like, how old are you, Bella? And she's like, I'm 17. And he's like, you don't seem 17. And his tone was reproachful. You don't seem 17. You don't seem 17. (laughs) Why would he he reproach her for that? And then she says, oh, my mum always says I was born 35 years old and that I get more middle-aged every year. So she's basically Benjamin Button. And then she's like, hey, you don't seem much like a junior in high school yourself. And he makes a face and changes the subject. But like, great point. Like, why is he in high school? Like, I know, so they go to high school as some sort of cover, right? But like, imagine going to high school all the time and never never leaving high school because you're pretending to be a 17-year-old kid. Like, just go get a trade. He's, he's passable enough. Get a fake ID. Get a fakey, and go work somewhere else. Or don't even work don't even work you're a vampire live your life get out of high school it's a bit creepy actually when you think about it why are they hanging around high school kids I don't trust it and he's like so why'd your mother marry Phil and she's like oh my God you remember Phil's name that was months ago she talks about Phil and it's quite boring she says her mum was crazy about Phil and he's like do you approve and she's like oh it doesn't matter I wanted to be happy and he's like well would your mum feel the same about? you dating someone that she didn't like. And she's like, yeah, maybe, but she's the parent after all. I guess it's a bit different. And I'm like, why why are we spending all this time talking about Renee? Renee's the most insignificant character in this book at the moment. I'd rather hear more about Tyler and Mike Newton and bloody Angela from Spanish rather than Renee. Like, she's not really playing a part here. Edward should be asking more about Charlie. But I guess he can read Charlie's mind and Renee's too far away. Hmm. So then he's like, yeah, so she wouldn't want you dating anyone too scary then. And she's like, what do you mean by scary? Like face piercings and expensive tattoos. And he's like, yeah, I guess. And then he's like, do you think that I could be scary? And I'm like, oh, this again, he's just, he's baiting her with little tidbits that he's an evil vampire. Like just bloody say it, just come out already. And he's like, are you frightened of me now? And the smile vanishes and his heavenly face was suddenly serious. And she's like, nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> not frightened. Oh, and then she says, so are you going to tell me about your family? It's got to be a much more interesting story than mine. Agreed. And she's like, so the Collins adopted you? And he's like, yep. And she says, what happened to your parents? Which I think is the kind of question that you would say for once you've gotten to know someone a bit better, right? Because if- if you've been adopted by someone else, like maybe your parents are dead or they're in some tragic circumstances and they can no longer care for you. And that's, is that really the convo you want to be having? Like on your third conversation, it's a bit in a And he's like, yeah, they, they died many years ago. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, what did you expect? And he's like, ah, it doesn't matter. I don't remember them that clearly. Carlisle and Esme have been my parents for a long time. And she's like, oh, and you love them. And he's like, yeah. So she asks about his siblings and he's like, yeah, I've got siblings, but they're going to be upset if they have to wait in the rain for me. What, get, from what I remember, the Cullens are like rich. Get a, get a second Volvo. Get a second Volvo. If this is all about keeping up appearances, then don't bother to keep up appearances. But yeah, he's like, I've got to go. And you probably want your truck back before Chief Swan gets home so you don't have to tell him about the biology incident. And she's like, oh, he's probably already heard. There are no secrets in Forks. And he laughs and there's an edge to his laughter, which I guess is because, hello, there's a huge big secret in Forks. He's like, yeah, have fun at the beach. Good weather for sunbathing. And he says, will you do something for me this weekend? And she looks at him. And he's staring, utilizing the full power of his burning gold eyes. And she's nodding helplessly. Like she's like, oh my God, what's he gonna say? And he says, don't be offended, but you seem to be one of those people who just attract accidents like a magnet. So try not to fall into the ocean or get run over or anything, all right? Again, he's negging her. This is not healthy. And then she's like, I'll see what I can do. And she snaps and she jumps out into the rain and slams the door with excessive force. And then he's still smiling as he drives away, probably chuckling. She doesn't say he's chuckling, but from his history, we can assume he's either snickering or chuckling. And that's the end of the chapter. I guess we had some more progress in the relationship, but I'm pretty freaking sick of their banter already. It's quite repetitive. Uh, As long as Edward stops bringing up the fact that he's dangerous and she's clumsy, I'll be happy and we can move on. So the next episode's called Scary Stories. Ooh, how promising. Um, I thought blood type was going to be promising and would lead to the vampire revelation, but I was wrong. It was just to do with testing blood types at school. It's a bit of a letdown because it would have been better if Edward went to class and she noticed him being like turned on by the blood, like being like sniffing the blood, being hungry for the blood, but instead she's smells blood and it makes her sick. Like, I don't know how how much relevance that has to the plot. I don't know, is that like a, like a deep foreshadow to when she eventually becomes a vampire? Maybe. But God, we've got to slog through a lot of shitty conversations before we get there. So that's the chapter. Um, I'll see you next week. As always, please rate and review. Um, get in contact with us on the socials or send us an email on your thoughts. And if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to test your own blood type. Always, always a useful thing to find out. So I'll see you next week. Bye.